Hey, it's Jordan. Uh, I'm here with uh, Scott DeNoyer. I wish this was a, a better topic, and I certainly wish uh, we were talking under better circumstances. Uh, Scott, you're up in Saratoga, Saratoga Springs, New York, and uh, you had sent me a story uh, and a lot of other people in the media begging for attention to this. Um, your son, uh, Danny, um, was 29 and uh, recently took his own life. So uh, instead of me uh, telling this story, uh, I'd like to give you the opportunity to share what happened and then uh, I'll follow up with some questions. Um, I'll start from the beginning before all this happened. Um, the end of February, Danny started coming around. He was having some problems with um, his personal life. Uh, beginning of March, about March 9th, he had moved in with us because him and his uh, girlfriend, wife split up. And there was custody issues going on with his children. He had depression and mild psychosis, taking medication for it. Back in January, he had signed up through the um, state program to get um, insurance. He, I'm not sure how much he retained as far as the information of what he was responsible for and what he wasn't. Come March, when he was... Or, yeah, when March, later, later in the month, he realized that he was running low on his prescription and went to get it refilled when he learned that his insurance was canceled. He told me, Dad, I don't even know why it was canceled. He called them up, found out he had missed a $20 payment that was due. Two weeks after this, he super glued his seatbelt shut and drove it, rolled his windows down first and drove his truck into the Mohawk River. This was two weeks after he was denied his prescription. If you read any medical journals, talk to any doctor, they will say the biggest side effect, or one of the biggest side effects of being pulled off an antidepressant like this is it will escalate the symptoms it was helping with. In other words, if you were prone to hurt yourself, you're going to be more prone when you lose this medication because of the chemical imbalance. This is a known fact. The fact that his insurance was canceled. They sent out a letter, I believe, to his home address where he wasn't allowed to go because of the legal problems that he was having, and he wasn't living there. Even if it got forwarded properly through the mail, it still would have received at our house too late for him to know that he owed $20. So regardless, these symptoms, these things are put in place on purpose by the insurance companies. They know if they put these hurdles in, people are going to lose coverage, and they don't have to pay the benefits, and they make money. So they set this up to make money knowing that this would be the result. They know that if you're on these meds, you might have a percentage to do this type of thing. My son's not a percentage. Not just a percentage. He's my son. He, he's a father, he's a brother, he's an uncle. But these factors were all weighed out in front of the, the, our lawmakers, and they figured this is okay. This is acceptable that a percentage of people are going to go through what I'm going through so that the insurance company can save money. I was never politically active. 47 years old, I cast my first, first vote for Bernie Sanders. He got me politically activated. 
that year at phone tank for the first time, never believed in politics before. Bernie in 2016 made me aware, along with millions of other Americans, that there's better systems out there. I had no idea that other countries had single-payer systems. We were taught our whole lives that America has the greatest healthcare system in the world. And this is a lie. We might have the greatest doctors. We probably have the richest doctors for sure. And I don't blame the doctors, I don't blame the hospitals, and I don't blame the individual insurance company. I blame all of them. I blame the lawmakers for allowing the insurance companies to do this to us. We need change, we need Medicare for all, and we need it now. We don't need to keep going through this sort of hell. I'm not, my viral tweet had thousands of other stories, just as bad, some worse than mine. I can't even fathom how there could be a worse story than mine. Every morning I wake up with the weight knowing my, I will never see my son again. I will never see a smile. I'm not the only one that's having this sort of crap going on in his life. And I can't just sit here and do nothing. I promised Danny's siblings at his wake that I will be on the Senate floor myself. I will look at these senators that make these decisions, and they will have to look me in the eye and see what decisions of the consequences of their decisions. They have to look at a father knowing that they took his boy away by their decisions. This has to change. So I want to, um, and like I said before we started, I, I've had my own uh, battle with depression. Uh, which I'll get into a little bit later. And uh, I know that if I was not on medication for, uh, if I if I missed a week or two, I could definitely see my depression getting worse and potentially having suicidal thoughts. So this definitely hits home to me as well as a lot of people that are probably watching. It's horrendous, and and I'm sorry to you and your wife and and your family. I wanted I wanted to go back. Um, so he came to you. Uh, he he went because he saw his medication was um, down or he was running out. So he goes to the store to refill it, I, I believe, in March, maybe the end of March. And, you know, it's like, oh, this, you know, they tell him yeah. you don't have, it's, it's been canceled or you don't have coverage. So he called uh, Fidelis Insurance in this case, which is uh, on the marketplace in New York. And the person over the phone told him he, it's been canceled, you had a $20 Copay. Um, as best as you know, because obviously... Well, I do have some paperwork that okay. eventually went to here from Fidelis, said it had his home address on it. Okay. And it said, thank you for signing up. This was in January for Fidelis Care. Um, we haven't received your $20 payment yet. Now, this was mailed to his home address. He, there was an order of protection against him, so he couldn't communicate with his baby's mother. Right. She forwarding mail to us, you know, this is understandable in this sort of scenario. Why would she forward a mail to somebody she's fighting with? You know, she wasn't aware of the outcome of what was going to happen here. You know, none of us were. Right. But when Danny ran out of the medicine, he, it was about the third week of March, and he had said, I'm going to start taking them every other day. He had three pills left. That's not enough to wean himself off of it. It was the beginning of April that he called them because it was like the third week of March and he was just a little, like everybody else, not too worried about it. He wasn't aware of the repercussion. But he did say to me when he said that he only had three pills left, he said, Pops, 
I need this medication. I know I need it. Three days on the Sunday before Danny did this, we saw all the signs. We knew something severe was going to happen. He was not eating. He wasn't showering. He wasn't going on two different dates that he had set up. He canceled all of his plans and just sat on the couch all day long looking at pictures of his children. I said to his brother, I was like, Aiden, it's terrible. You see a train wreck coming right in front of you, and you know there's not a damn thing you could do to stop it. Those words haunt me every day because I saw him on that couch. I knew what he was battling. I was doing everything I could to help him, and it wasn't enough. And I think uh, also what people should know is, and this is a problem uh, with private for-profit insurance uh so the people you know he paid the 20 dollars over the phone so it was 20 dollars he paid it over the phone in the beginning of april but they wouldn't reinstate insurance there then they said well it's only you know it'll be effective may 1st well you know if you have somebody um who has severe diabetes you know you're going to tell them oh no well You'll, you'll get it May 1st. Mental illness is no different than a, than a physical illness that, could, that is life or death. Because if people have depression with some psychosis or bipolar or schizophrenia or many, many other things, without that medication, like you said, they can become very depressed, suicidal, impulsive, paranoid, and, and the list goes on. So I uh, reached out to Fidelis before this. Uh, I wasn't expecting a response, but um, they didn't respond as of us talking right now. But one of the things I asked them is, what is your process? Do you just send a few letters in the mail? Uh, and if the person doesn't pay, you just cut them off? Were there attempts to call um, Danny? Um, is, your, is your system automated? Meaning... Uh, I'm pretty sure it's automated. <laughs> right. So is your system automated? So if you don't get that $20, it's just canceled by, by a machine? Or there's, there's a human being that works for Fidelis that would decide whether to cancel because you have to know what medications people are taking and the reasons for it. So I guess what I want to ask you is, obviously, losing your son in this heinous manner uh, and the action he took, but... Fidelis, one of the things I, I, I asked them is, uh, don't you think you should take extraordinary measures to get in contact with someone, More aside from just sending them some stuff in the mail, whether it's, in your son's case, was it allowed at the house, whether somebody moved, whether somebody's traveling, well, you know, there's a lot of things. Uh, again, they haven't gone back to me, I've asked, we'll see if they get back to me, but what do you think about the fact that it seems that a letter was sent, he didn't get it, and as a result, he didn't know, and now he's no longer that's, here? I mean, that's what he said to me. He's like, Pops, I didn't even know I had to pay the $20. And I'm sure that was something that could have been in front of him when he signed up that he didn't pay attention to. And again, he's got a lot of things going on. We all do. Anybody can miss anything. It was one letter sent out, as you said saying, hey, you didn't make this payment, we're going to cancel you in March. But he didn't get the letter until March. And I wanted to bring up, um, just for full disclosure, I mean, because of the depression and the psychosis, he did have some violent tendencies. Um, well, you know. And they were being worked with, and he was, when, 
when he came to stay with me, Jordan, everybody that saw him was amazed at the turnaround. We were on top of him every night. Make sure you take your medicines. I've got bad health myself. I'm on medicine. Our granddaughter lives with us, and she's on medicine. So we made it a routine to make sure we all took it together. So, yes, I knew he was taking it. People he worked with said they haven't seen him smile so much. Jordan, he had secured four jobs within the one month he was here. They, they hadn't seen him smile as much as he had. Now, he had two different custody battles he was fighting on the, at the same time. He knew he was going to lose custody of his, ch- of his firstborn on that same Tuesday that he did this. Now, he was working hard. The first job he got was supposed to be full-time. It wasn't enough, so he got a second part-time job nights. Second part-time job at nights wasn't enough, so he got a second one to replace that one. Now he's got a full-time, well, a full part-time job five days a week, but only four hours a day for the nights. His day job wasn't enough, so he found another job that was more for the day job. It was at the Saratoga Golf Course outside all the time. It was his dream job. Before that, he always went outside for whenever he could. He was an outdoorsman. He did hiking and kayaking and whitewater rafting. So he told people this was his dream job. That was, he worked there one day after getting a dream job. After telling everybody he's so happy, he knew he had these battles with custody and he was going forward. I saw the decline, as I said, within three to four days. It was definitely a chemical imbalance. I'm not a doctor, but if you look at the doctor journals and this all lines up exactly with what they write, how can you deny it? Now, maybe if he had his medicine, it would still happen the same way, but I don't think $20 is enough of a dollar amount to take this risk on. Right, and I'd like to paint a picture for people because, you know, everybody, has has or had a grandma. So if your grandma was old and in failing health, you know, a lot of people are on, on oxygen in their home or they walk around with oxygen up their nose and this and that. Well, part a big reason for that is they're probably on Social Security <laughs> and Medicare and can it's covered, right? But imagine if your grandma or, or somebody you love that's older and in poor health that's on oxygen is, uh, you know, Medicare wasn't guaranteed for, for people that age or they didn't pay their bill. This is essentially like leaving somebody starved, naturally starved of oxygen, an older person, basically there to die because people don't look at it that way because it's, it's up here and it's not physical. But by cutting people off of life-saving mental health medication, it's the same thing as cutting off an older person who needs oxygen to, to live. And that's the, that's the part of the debate that isn't there. Your son, uh, because of an imbalance, uh, based on the research, I agree with you, um, your son, it, it didn't click on, on all cylinders naturally, so he needed something. And... If you, I bring this up because if you got the insurance company in the room, if you got the, the, polic- the politicians in the room, you know, Nancy Pelosi, she says uh, Medicare for all, you know, is a pipe dream and we need to expand Obamacare. Well, uh, uh, Obamacare currently, the same thing could happen because it's, it's, it's a private 
public partnership, basically. What would you say? What would you say to these people telling you it's a pipe dream and we have to basically expand on the band? Basically, what we have now is a Band-Aid for a gunshot wound. You're absolutely right. Four years ago, if somebody had told me that we could have a better health care system, I'd probably agree with Nancy Pelosi. That we've all been indoctrinated into believing that we have the best health care system in the world. And that's maybe true if you can afford it. The whole, we want to provide you access to health care. Access is dependent upon money. I don't have $20 in my pocket today. I'm not complaining about that. Uh, my life is what it is. But I don't feel I should die because I don't have $20 in my pocket. I don't feel somebody else should be able to live because they do have the $20 in their pocket instead of me dying. <laughs> it's a for-profit industry. If you don't pay, you don't get service. And when that service is saving your life, they're saying if you don't pay, you can die. So pay us or die. This is not the healthcare system that's the greatest in the world. You don't say pay me or die. And that's great. You just don't. Another avenue I wanted to pursue on this, you were talking about the medications themselves. If you get cut off from this medication, there are programs out there that if you're on depression and you go and ask for your meds and you're told no, you can ask somebody else. And then if they're told no again, you can ask somebody else. How many times can a person go and say, I need help taking care of myself? especially after they've been told no over and over. They can't keep asking. They're already down in the dumps. These systems are, might have a great idea, but they're not going to work for somebody on depression looking to help, looking for help. They can't keep asking and keep being told no. They just won't. We all know this. Anybody who's had depression will know. You can't say over and over But yeah, the, the for-profit health insurance, it's not viable anymore. If I go to Canada and I break my arm, they'll set my arm and send me home without a bill. If I go to Mexico and get laid up for two weeks down there in the hospital, they'll set me up and send me home without a bill. And we're worried about them coming over here? You know, that I know they don't have the greatest doctors like we do. They definitely have a better system. They care about their people a little bit more, and that's sad coming from a country like Mexico, that they care about their people more than the American senators care about theirs. And to best of your knowledge, did Danny, was he seeing a therapist, or did he have a psychiatrist that was prescribing him the medication? Yes, sir, both. Um, that, that start, he was in legal problems, and when he was put on probation, that was part of his probation. Now, he also had some addiction problems, and that was also stripped away from me. Now, I'm not saying that he should have all these bad chemicals to put in his body, but the withdrawals of not having stuff like that, even alcohol alone, he had stopped drinking. Stopped drinking, stopped doing all drugs, and he was worried about it so much that a couple of days before his last probation meeting, he had took a pee test here at the house. The only thing he was dirty for was marijuana. And that's because it stays in your system for so long. He was terrified because he peed dirty for marijuana. Even though he couldn't have anything to, for depression, he couldn't have that either. And he was scared because he was trying to get his kids back in his life. 
That was what his whole fight was about, was his kids. And he was going to do whatever he had to, whether it was sitting at the, my house with his dad every single day, which nobody wants to do that, <laughs> work four jobs and give up all of his luxuries and enjoyments. He did all that for his kids, and it wasn't enough. And do you feel, because obviously the legal problem, some of it was uh, because he, you know, when he wasn't, when he wasn't medicated well, he kind of lashed out violently at people physically in some cases. Do you, did you see when he was medicated properly that he was not violent or, or physically harming anyone? Not only me, the whole world that knew him saw that in him. When he was medicated, he was always smiling always playing we have a hard time finding pictures of this boy without a child playing with him i mean what if he didn't have his ch- children with him he'd borrow yours he didn't care he was going to play sometimes a little too much <laughs> <laughs> and uh let me ask you a little bit more about danny uh you know 29 years old obviously he had some mental health uh, illness but when he was right was he, was he a funny guy? Was he a sarcastic guy? What was he like? Oh, he was funny. Always playing. I said that was his biggest thing. Always joking around. Very athletic. Um, he practiced with the bow staff. I've got his bow staff here now in a nice display case. But um, he, he was always happy, always playing, always joking around. I'll tell you a story. We were supposed to go look at a truck at the end of February. But I didn't know it was a truck at first. He told me throughout his whole childhood he was going to drive a limousine someday. So he calls me up at the end of February. He's like, Pops, I need you to take me to drive me down to Del Mar. I'm going to take a look at a car. I'm like, awesome. What are you getting? It's like a limo. <laughs> I was adamant that he was getting a limo. He made me believe he was getting a limousine. It wasn't until we were driving down there. He's like, no, Dad, I'm pulling your chain. <laughs> mm-hmm. But always joking around. Um. Yeah. Yeah, lifted everybody else up. There's like a couple of people he were working with, and two of the ladies there have reached out to me since this and said they were at the point of the same decision that he had made, and he had turned them around. Um, one one of the girls is fighting cancer, and the other one lost her son years back. Both of these ladies were considering hurting themselves, and Danny raised them up. And then weeks later, he makes the same decision himself. Yeah, he was really good when he was on his medicine. And, um, you know, we have the 2020 campaign going on. You have some Democratic candidates who speak about Medicare for all, but then when challenged on it, they say, well, we like the idea of Medicare for all, but we're open to incremental change. Um, yeah, that doesn't Hey, <laughs> does not work for me. He said, I, I got activated with Bernie Sanders in 2016. Nana Turner, she's my girl. <laughs> she's reached out to me. Obviously, Ro Canna has addressed the House of Representatives. Um, there's many others that I know are in our corner. Alexandria Cortez, she's awesome. Elizabeth Warren, she's been okay at times, but she's one that's also had cold feet also at times. You know, we could use a little more strength on her end. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's many others. I said, I'm not too 
into politics up until 2016. I have a lot of educating myself to do yet. <laughs> but like my local representative is um, Lee Stefanik. I'm not sure if you've heard of her. But I knew for a fact that she wouldn't be in my corner. We have our local, um, our, our governor, state governor Cuomo. He had, I knew he would not be of any help. Senator Schumer, I didn't expect him to step up to the plate either. Yeah, we need more people more of the Democrats to say, this is really what we need. No more cold feet, no more buddying up to pharmaceutical and insurance companies. I've heard that if Medicare for all happens, that these insurance companies are going to go under and there'll be a lot of employees that will lose their job. I'm okay with that. Sadly, I, I'm sorry for them, but maybe they can get a nice government job with the Medicare for all system that'll be put in place. The CEOs losing their job, I'm definitely okay with that. <laughs> And my last question, uh, you know, just the people that are going to watch this, a lot of them have depression, other things. Some of them have physical problems that depend on medication to function. Uh, or if they don't have it, they could die too. Uh, what do you, what, what more, obviously we have the movement on the Bernie Sanders side of things and activists and organizers pushing Medicare for all. What would you like to see, uh, what would you tell people watching uh, that have a similar circumstance to your son, what he had, what should they do? Well, as I said earlier, I realized when you have depression, you'd go to ask for help. Sometimes you'd run into walls. It's not easy to dig into yourself and say, I can't take care of myself. But if you can't, you have to accept that. It will help you go further and ask for the help that you need. I would hate for another parent to have to bury their child the way I have. I know many millions of Americans will, but it is not a pain you will ever understand until you've done it yourself, and I don't wish it upon anyone. I don't care if you're a liberal or conservative, right-wing, left-wing, nobody, no American needs to bury their child for something as ridiculous as $20. No parent wants to bury their child for any reason, and if you need help, ask for it. There are other programs, as I mentioned earlier, that are really good programs that will help you get your medication. But you have to jump, jump through the hoops to get it, and it's worth it. Suicide doesn't take away the pain. It only passes it on to the next person. Danny was not a selfish person by any means, but he just couldn't handle the pain anymore. He could have handled it better with the proper medication. So please, if anybody's out there that's considering suicide, ask for help. Again, and again, don't put your loved ones through this. And uh, how many children did Danny have? Two, Hazel and Daniel Mark. How old? Daniel Mark is six now, and Hazel will, is like a year and a half, year and a half. Um, Daniel, we probably won't ever be able to see him. The mother is estranged from us, and as I said, Daniel was, Danny was going to lose custody of Daniel and all parental rights on that Tuesday. We haven't heard from the mom. I'm not lashing out at her. You know, Danny has said, I knew he had problems. He had violent tendencies. If I was his mother and he was acting crazy around me, I might protect my child too. I don't blame her. Could have been handled better where he could still see his children, but 
I imagine I wasn't there, so I can't really be on that. <laughs> Hazel, we get to see her. We just saw her a couple days ago, and we're going to be seeing her in a couple hours again. She, the two children, if you were to take the picture side by side, <laughs> you could tell they're all Danny. Both have his red ginger hair <laughs> and fair skin. <laughs> Poor kids. <laughs> well, I thank you for... Uh... Speaking with me, I know uh, I, I would implore anyone really in the media to take the time to speak with you uh, because at the end of the day, I, I think your story and, and more importantly, your son's story hammers home the point. Money shouldn't be involved when it comes to people's life or death. And it is life or death. Uh, we're talking about whether it be medication, services, surgeries, whatever. Um, we're talking about... Well, you know... Therapy, therapy can save somebody's life sometimes. Right. And that will be quick to be axed on any insurance plan because they don't see any medical reasoning. Right. Thanks again. Stay in touch with us. And um, I know uh, on behalf of my audience, we just hope, uh, you know, as best as you can, uh, we send you our condolences and hope uh, you have as much time with your remaining grandkids and uh, other children as you can. Thank, thank you, Jordan. I truly appreciate everything you not just on the Medicare for All, all the stances that you've taken. I've watched you a million times, and you're just amazing. Thank you. I truly appreciate all your advocacy. Thank you. Thank you. Say, uh, say hello to your wife for me, too. Take care. Bye-bye. Hope you enjoyed that last video. Hop on over to statuscoup.com where you can sign up for our email list and become a member for as low as five to ten dollars a month. Membership is how we grow. That's statuscoup.com/slash/join. And remember, join our email list so we can grow the revolution with you.